you know, I was almost betwixt two two positions this morning, whether to do part three this morning or something else. But I am going to do part three because I was up early this morning again, just seeking the face of the Lord. And I'm going to do another third part of Romans chapter eight. Will you turn with me, please? Well, let this be our final one. There's so much in this that it's hard to it's hard to leave it. Uh, but Romans chapter eight, and if you've missed the first couple of mornings, well, you can find them online. But we are going to look at something different this morning, so don't be concerned. I'm going to do a little recap of where we are. Romans chapter eight and verse fourteen, please. Romans 8 and verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Keep your Bible open because we're going to really look into this in a moment. But let's just buy again in a word of prayer. Eternal Father, we thank you that we can sing your praises this morning. Such a beautiful day. We are the living to praise you, to help us to love you and serve you in this life for this life is a training ground for the life that is to come we pray O god that you would speak to your people this morning into our hearts and into our minds those that are watching live will you bless them whether at home or wherever they may be whatever country whether it's the united states or at home here or wherever lord will you strengthen them and encourage each and every one of them lord those that come here are here from different backgrounds with different worries and problems and things that have come into their lives, Lord. And we pray in the name of Jesus that you will strengthen them through thy word, for thy word is truth. And oh God, this morning that we would leave here with the word, Lord, inscribed within our hearts, buried deep within our spirit, imprinted upon our minds this morning, that, Lord, when we go home to those quiet times and Shut the door behind us and there we are, Lord, away from the singing and away from the fellowship. That there, Lord, your word would be alive in our spirits. Lord, that you would whisper, Lord, that still small voice to each and every one of us. And in our times of need, we can remember and rehearse the word of the living God. That which we have heard to strengthen us this morning. Lord, we love you. Because you first loved us. And we thank you and we praise you this very day. Now Lord touch my lips Lord. Anoint me Lord that I may speak well of your son. And glorify your holy name. For without you I can do absolutely nothing. So we need your spirit in us. With us. And through us Lord this morning. Be glorified. Remember those who are sick and can't be with us. Those who are maybe needing a touch in their body here this morning or even in their mind and heart. And oh God, that you would speak in accents clear and still. Lord, that you would say this is the way walking in it. For we believe thou art still the saviour of the soul, the healer of the body, 
the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, and you are the soon coming King. We ask it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, as we look at this, just a, a little brief recap. We have looked at so many points, and first of all, in this chapter, we have really from eternity to eternity, our salvation, our redemption is found solely and holy in the Lord Jesus Christ. But it is all of God. We find the very sovereignty of God starting again in verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. In part one, we looked at this, and then we reversed back to verse one. Because when we get to verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. Notice he did it, he did it, he did it, he has done it. It's all of him. It's all from eternity. The Father down through time, looking right past the cross to you and I, and through the blood of Christ. There in eternity in the mind of God, you and I were already given to the Son. And he has accomplished it. The Father thought it. The Son accomplished it. The Holy Spirit has wrought it within our hearts. And so we find it from eternity unto eternity. We find it encapsulated. I've called this the culmination of the whole chapter. The culmination of the whole chapter. And then we can read as brethren and sisters in the Lord, as the children of God. We can read with assurance. We can read with a certainty. We can read without worry or doubting without favor of man, nor fear of man, but looking toward God, we can read in verse 31, what shall we say to these things? Notice looking back, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who then can be against us? Or since God is for us, there's no ifs with God. The if is here, if you're saved, it is since God is for us. Who then can be against us? Here is our security. Verse 32. That he spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And then who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. The assurance here is that from eternity, past unto eternity future, our whole salvation, our full redemption is off the Lord. It's nothing of ourselves, not our gifts, nor our alms, nor our deeds, nor coming to the drive-in, nor coming to Christ Encounters, Tabernacle, church meetings. Everything is off the Lord. And Christ has paid our debt in its fullness, once and for all, never to be repeated ever again. The Lamb, which was the final Lamb, and only the blood of Christ will the Father acknowledge. The blood of Christ will the Father accept that which is the payment of our redemption. 
And so we find in verse 1 of the chapter, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And then in the last verse, verse 39, there is no separation, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so we looked at, first of all, is our salvation in the chapter. Verse 3. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. In other words, the perfect, spotless, impeccable Son of God. He kept the law we couldn't keep and lived the life we couldn't live And he died as our substitute. And there alone is our salvation. Then moving quickly down the chapter, we see our sanctification in verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Notice the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Ghost, lives in us when we are saved. And so those without the Spirit, they're not Christ's. So here our sanctification is, those who have the Spirit, we are set apart. We live day and daily. And even through our failures and our failings and our falls, the grace of God abounds over our sin. And in repentance we come, claiming the merit and the efficacy of the cleansing, atoning power of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice this, we also look that we do not walk in an open course of sin for our sanctification is that we live with the dominance of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God in our lives. We do not walk, we cannot walk. A man who walks continually in an open course of sin, a woman who walks the same, they're not Christ for the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ lives in them and he dominates He overwhelms. He takes up their life. And he leads them on in sanctification of life. Then we looked at resurrection briefly. Verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies. By his spirit that dwelleth in you. Here when Christ returns or whole redemption, our full salvation is made known and manifest to us. We'll look at a little more in a moment. It is the resurrection of the dead or the resurrection of the body. And now this morning, we want to look at our adoption, our adoption. And so in our reading this morning, verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, They are the sons. Notice, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Notice here the relationship between not only the child of God, as it were, or the Christian and our heavenly Father, God in heaven. But here it is, the relationship becomes closer when we call him Abba, 
It is the word, what we would say, the closest in our known language is daddy. Here the relationship is close. It's precious. And now we call him daddy. In other words, there's a certain thing which happens in the sonship of the believer. There's a certain thing that happens in the sonship of the believer. Now this should encourage you if we hear nothing else what we're about to say this morning. Because there's glorification after this. There's revelation in this chapter as well. And it leads us right to the culmination of when we read from verses 29 and 30. Notice here. Verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit, capital S, the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now if you have a pen there, underline the word sons. Sons. Here the word is huis. Huis. I'll tell you what it means in a moment. For verse 15, pardon me, verse 16 says, For the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The word children is technon. Technon. And you can also use it for son. It's used for son in other parts of the New Testament. So what is the difference between sons of God, the huis, and sons or children of God, the technon? Now let this encourage you. For example, technon is when you're birthed and you're born. So you're birthed of God. You're a technon, brothers and sisters. You're technon. You're birthed of God. Born again. You belong to Christ. And you're his. But then there's a growing up. And there's a going on in Christ. There's an entering into that which is the milk phase to the meat phase if you want. From the more uh, sort of lower stage of infancy to maturity in the spirit. Technon means we are born of God. For example, Israel were the, if you can put it in the Greek text, the technon of God, and they were to grow up in God, but they never did. Hence, Christ would come for our sins to pay the debt. So when the Lord Jesus is spoken of, for example, in Galatians 2 and 20, Paul says, For I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. The word Son of God is the Huias of God, the Huias Son. Taknon means we are born. Your children are born, but they must grow up into maturity as the Huias. Gives the idea that we are growing in God. We are sanctified in the spirit living in us. Notice it gives the idea. It comes from two words. The word adoption here uses the word huias as well. Notice here. Look at our reading in verse 15. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But ye have received the spirit of adoption. Notice, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, we move into relationship with him. 
We move in the greater knowledge of Him. We move in the greater love relationship with Christ. And our Father in heaven becomes our Abba. Jesus cried, Abba! The highest son, the growing up, as it were, mature son, started to, he starts to raise himself toward God. He starts to get closer into the presence of God. He starts to let the things of the world be behind him more and more. No longer dwelling in the carnality of the world nor of his flesh. But rather he pursues. He pursues. She pursues the living God. Now grow up. And here's what it gives the idea. This word adoption. It's the word. And it comes from a word. Which means to place. Something. If I lifted this. And set it here. I placed it here. And the huyas is for the growing up son. It means to place a son into position. So it's to place the child of God into a position, into a place. A place of maturity. A place where there's fellowship and a place where there's relationship and and a place where there's communion between God and the Son, the Father and His children. But it also gives the idea here, not only of relationship of sonship, but the attitude of sonship. The attitude of sonship is that all that I am and all that I have, I owe to thee, O Calvary's Lamb. This world has no hold on them. It also gives the idea of a legal standing. A legal standing. You see, my two children, when they're born, they were technon. They're my children. They're born. Watch them growing up. Watch them going on. Start seeing their characters and you start to know them. You know, you know your children inside out, as it were. And as they grow, they start to come into their own attitudes of life. Sometimes their attitudes need a little bit of adjusting. But the idea of it is legally standing. They're my children. They're your children. Legally standing, it gives the idea that we belong to God and God belongs to us. It means that we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We step into a legal standing in this life for the next life. So, for example, a child, my children know anything happens to me, not that I have a lot, but anything I own, my wife owns, that they will receive the inheritance of that. But you see, when you're a child, they have the full inheritance, but they don't realize it till they get older. They don't realize the standing they're in. That's the technon growing up. But here the, the huyas of God understands the fullness of the inheritance in Christ. Your full standing in God, brother. Your full standing in God, sister. Full standing is that legally, as it were, once you start to understand that the things 
of the word, the promises of God, the power of the blood. More Christians understood the power of the blood. If more Christians understood the relationship of the Holy Ghost in them, more Christians came into a place where they realized the anointing of God. They realized and could accept the legal standing before their Father, even as they pray. They could pray imprecatory prayers against a godless government. Against an enemy that comes against you. They could even pray under the love of God. This is the adoption. You see, people say that many scholars think that it was only the this was written because the Romans would understand the adoption. Maybe Hebrew Israelites might not, but that's not true. When a Romans adopted they they adopted a child into their family, they took on the name. And that's true. And they had this child had to leave the family behind that they were leaving. That's what adoption is. You're moving, you're being brought in, full legal standing. And so we were born of God in the Spirit. We were washed in the blood, but now we must understand our legal standing in God, the, the adoption that is ours in Christ. And so whenever they brought the child in, this child had to stay in full legal adoption. And as they grew, that which was either other siblings was theirs also. They became an heir with them. And some said, well, it didn't really happen in, with the Israelites. That's not true. Genesis 48, we have the story. Joseph bringing his two sons. He brings them over to Jacob, Israel, to bless them. And if you read Genesis 48, he crosses his hands over puts the right hand of blessing on Ephraim's head, the younger son, and the left hand of blessing on Manasseh's head, the older son. Joseph goes to remove the right hand of blessing to the older and the left hand to the younger. And Jacob Israel said, No, I know what I'm doing. I'm paraphrasing. And he blesses. He says, Let my name be on the lads. And the angel which redeemed me all my days, bless them. They were brought fully into the Family of Israel. Brothers and sisters, let us understand. The old life is like the family that God has called us out of. The old ways and the old carnality is like the family that God has told us. You come and grow up in me. You can be born again. You can be a technon. You can be a son birthed of God. But God wants us to grow up like the we are son, in full responsibility, in full relationship, understanding our full redemption, and in legal standing before him, that we might know and walk in faith. Not in fear, but in faith. For example, look at our reading again. Verse 15, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. The word fear is phobos. Phobos. It's where we get our word phobia from. People are afraid of wee spiders. Some are afraid of big spiders. Nevertheless, they've 
arachnophobia. Because we are Bible-believing Christians, where it's claimed that we are homophobic or Islamophobic or whatever phobic. This is the word where we get it from. But we have not received the spirit of bondage because that fear brings the child of God into bondage. You're already a child of God. You're birthed of God. You're born of the Spirit. You're washed in the blood. And now he says, don't be afraid. Phobos. Let no phobia take over your faith. And even when we get to the end of the chapter, note what it says here. Let your eye run down to verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Notice Paul is building them up here. Since we're saved, sanctified, since he's going to glorify us, we're adopted, we've got our adoption. He is sovereign over all things. For we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And then he's saying this. Who can separate your friend? Brother, sister, child of God. Who then can separate you from the love of Christ? It says in verse 36, For as it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long, for we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Now Paul takes this from Psalm 44 and verse 22. There's Israelites here he's writing to. They have to be to understand the scriptures. He went into certain synagogues as he went. And he went through the towns in the streets seeking lost sheep. And, and here he's finding that he's taken from the Psalm, Psalm 44, verse 22. And rehearsing it to them. Notice what it says. Nay. Notice this. In all these things. Notice not in some of these things. But in all these things. Every single one of them. That comes against your brother, sister. Born of God. Every single thing. Every hurt. Every heartache, every trial, every trouble, every tribulation, every testing. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We're not just getting by. Maybe you are, but you're not meant to be. We're not just struggling on. We all have our seasons, we all have our moments, we all have our times, but you are more, no matter how weak you feel, no matter how weary you are, you're a child of God, get close to him and become more than a conqueror through him that loved you. Now note this, for I am persuaded, Paul uses the word it's pytho. And it means way deep, deep down in my heart. Way deep down in my spirit. 
way in the very regions of my innermost being, I am fully convinced and I am settled. Now let's look at that. Because of what we have spoke on, let's look at it. For I am persuaded that neither death, listen, should the Lord tarry 100 out of 100 of us here, following on 100 after the next 100, should the Lord tarry, we will all pass through the veil of the valley of the shadow of death. We will all enter through that veil. But look at what he says. Paul says, I'm persuaded, not even if I die, not even death itself, or what separates you from your family, it separates you from your friends, and it separates you from this life, but it will never separate you from the love of God. Never. David could say, Yea, though I walk, preaching to the crowd as it were, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Notice, he turns his eyes to heaven. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Oh, what a convinced spirit he had. What a state of heart to be in. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, to be and a knowledge, a place of relationship where we realize that we are saved by sovereign grace through faith in Christ alone, according to the word of God alone. And we give glory to God alone. To know this, whatever may face our day, whatever trouble may come, whatever hurts, whatever mornings, Whatever may come our way, we know that since God be for us, who then can be against us? Notice here, for you have not received, verse 15, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. See the word spirit? It's the word pneuma. Pneuma. It means wind or breath. You know, if you're ever going th- along some of the roads and you see the road workers and they've got the big drill out, very noisy, and they're kangoing, humming away into the, into the road to maybe fix up the road. They're digging up. There's a big tube to a generator with a, a compressor, and you hear it pumping away. It's... Pumping air, boom, boom, boom. It hits the the drill. Bang, 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 bang. That's called pneumatic drill. This is where we get our word here. Where God's spirit in you, the spirit of adoption, has brought you in to be adopted as his own. And every time we're feeling there's something 
deep inside of you. It is the Spirit of God. Bam, 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 like that drill. Come on, keep going. Come on, don't give in. Come on, don't give up. Come on, get up and keep going. But it's hard and it's tough and I'm weary and I'm weak and I'm wayward. Get into the way and keep on going, brother. Get into the way and keep going, sister. You're adopted in Christ. And seek His face and grow up in Christ. That fellowship may come that you may be able to say with a fullness of heart, Abba, Father. Oh God, help all of us. Father, help us. To get into that place again with you. So I'm finishing this. Of other points, I don't know what I'll do. I'll wait and see. So much in this. Notice here. When we are saved, our salvation. Salvation. We are free from the penalty of sin. I want you to take note of that. We are free from the penalty of sin. Our sanctification of the Spirit and the Word, we overcome things so we are free or we are kept from the power of sin. From the power of sin. And when Christ returns at that day on the resurrection and we are glorified to be like Him, we are then free from the presence of sin because our bodies will be fashioned and made anew. There will be no more, no more old bodies to hold us back, no more weakness and no more sickness and no more pain and no more hurt, no more suffering, no more cancer and no more diabetes and no more tumors and no covid No lung disease. No heart disease. No death. No dying. No separation from our loved ones. No more of it. Our bodies will be fashioned to be like unto His own glorious body. Brother, sister, this very afternoon now, Go home saying, I'm a child of God. I belong to the King. I am Christ. I am forgiven. I may have a weakness in my body, but He's still the healer. I may have a weakness in my mind, but He's still my peace. And when He comes again, I will have no hindrance whatsoever and I will be like him. I'm an heir of God and I'm a joint heir with Christ. Let's all seek his face. Put all our comforts, sins and weights that doth so easily beset us down and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I wonder how many will grow up to be the VS, understanding our legal position in Christ. 
Father, will you help us today? Each and every one of us, Lord, to walk with you. To understand how much you love us. To understand the fullness of your blessings, your promises. That you'll neither leave us nor forsake us. That even death itself cannot separate us from your love. And help us to understand in this life there's more. More in God and more for your children. Help us to serve you with a full heart. And glorify you in all we do. Help us to live sanctified, separated lives. Be ye holy, you said, for I am holy, saith the Lord. Help us, Lord, to walk right, to talk right, to think right, and to be right. And help us, Lord, not to be in fear, but to walk every step of the way in faith, that we may become grown adult, mature sons and daughters of God, that thou might be glorified in our lives. For Jesus' sake we pray. Amen.